1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. We're going to dive into a conversation with Dana Gresh and uh, so thankful for her to be here with us. And she's the best-selling author and a sought-after speaker. Her titles include And the Bride Wore White, Lies Young Women Believe, which was co-authored with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, uh, Lies Girls Believe. And, you know, she's also the co-host of Reviver Hearts, which you hear each and every morning here on 88.9 Moody Radio. But she's joining us for a different reason today. It's a difficult reason. And Dana, first of all, thank you for being here with us on Mornings with Tom and Toby. There are marriages that are in crisis and in difficulty. Talk to us a little bit about this as we walk through this with you. Yeah, well, I wish that my husband and I, Bob, he wish we had a different story or a story that was uncommon. Sadly, it's very common. But um, he has battled lust and pornography and has, I would say, won that battle for most of our marriage, but came to a certain point where he was losing. Mm -hmm. And he had to come to me in I will not forget that day soon, what he said to me, how he started the conversation. But he asked me to sit down in the red leather chairs in our living room and said, baby, I don't know how to find my way back to God without breaking your heart. And then he did. He broke my heart into a million pieces. And he disclosed to me um, just a big relapse in a battle that he had been winning. And we kind of went to ground zero that day but made a decision that we were going to fight with each other or for each other rather than with each other. Mm. We wanted to win this. We knew, I knew that Bob wasn't the enemy of my soul. I knew who was, and I wanted to be on the winning side. So Bob and I partnered up and that doesn't happen a lot. A lot of times, and I've done this too, women cave and they crumble and they believe all kinds of lies. This is about me. It's my fault. If I were more beautiful and all of that stuff, I decided, you know what, I'm going to reject that. And I'm going to put on my boxing gloves. I'm going to fight in the name of Jesus for this marriage. And that's what we did. Thank you so much for sharing this part of your story with us. And, and we're talking really about, yes, that difficulty of pornography that is ravaging our culture today and is very prevalent, as you said, in, in, in marriages and in Christian marriages. How big of a problem is this, Dana? 
Well, um, Josh McDowell just compiled thousands of pages of data on this just a couple of years ago for the church. And he knew it was a problem, but I think he was shocked when he got to the bottom of the barrel and found that, you know, majority of the men, not the minority, the majority of the men in the church are struggling on a regular basis. And he says that 67 to 70% of them, that's a pretty tight window, are unable or unwilling to stop, which would put them in a classification where they're pornography addicts. And so those are... Those are hard words to hear. A lot of times the church is like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to hear those words. There's a physiological change in a man's brain when he continues to use pornography for a really long time um, or, or like cyclically. And it looks like when you do a functional image scan, a man's brain who is using pornography regularly looks like Swiss cheese. It You could put it next to a heroin addict's brain, and they look very similar. Hmm. What starts as a sin problem becomes a physiological brain problem. And that's why you need to fight for your husband, because he really is in a position where he has um, an inability in his brain to stop without intervention and without help. And he surely can't do it alone. So if he's telling you he doesn't need help, he's not being honest with himself. Okay, you're hearing the voice of Dana Gresh just talking about the real issue of pornography in their life uh, between uh, what her husband Bob was dealing with and uh, how difficult that was. And it seems like it is not an isolated event. It is uh, an overwhelming majority of men that are going through that. You mentioned that there's more at play than just self-control. It seems like there's an addiction that's that's grabbed a hold of the men. How, how, How do you actually win this battle, Dana? Well, um, first of all, my husband is like, he has wounded my heart, but he's also the hero of my heart because he did what I'm hearing from a lot of wives men aren't always willing to do, and that is he got help. Mm. Um, First, he came to me. Well, actually, first he came to some spiritual leaders in our lives and said, I I have to resign from the work that I'm doing. I'm, I'm under the bar. I'm below the bar below the standard, I need to step back, and told them he he was going to be talking to me, and they were praying while he was talking to me. And then he went into accountability, he went into treatment, we got Christian counseling that was clinically informed but biblically based. I I really think that um, I'm writing, hearing letters from women who are like, my husband's just saying he doesn't need help. Well. So I guess if you're a husband and you're listening to this, I want to ask you, um, is your wife okay? Is she thriving? Is she, does she feel safe in the relationship? Maybe you need to go get the help, the counseling, whatever for her heart, because that matters too. Um, I don't know what it will take for a man to hear this, but we don't do anything spiritually in isolation. Somebody mm. wins us to Christ. Somebody mm. shares Jesus with us and teaches mm. us how to come into relationship with him. And then somebody disciples us and teaches us how to grow in our faith. And when it comes to sin issues, it's always somebody who helps us dig out of the pit. That's how the Christian faith works. That's why James five sixteen says, confess your sins one to another. And I just plead with you, if you're a guy and you're struggling and your wife's been asking you to get help, and you've been saying, I don't need it, well, that's probably a lie you've been believing, because if you don't need it for you, it sounds like you need it for her. 
We're talking with Dana Gresh. Um, the book is called Happily Even After, Let God Redeem Your Marriage. But she's she's just sharing life issues with us, too, as well. And Dana, you discovered seven essential beliefs every marriage needs to survive broken places. Tell us one of those. Yeah, well, one of them was hard for me because I didn't like it, but um, emotions are an essential ingredient of intimacy. That's truth number one. And a lot of times when we get to these places in our marriage, whatever causes them, we want to shut our emotions down. You know, my husband will tell you that he wants to go to his man cave or he wants to get in his tractor and just like not think about how he feels when he feels angry or sad in our marriage. And I want to work. I want to clean the house. I want to clean out a closet. I want to like, what are we doing? Well, we're medicating our emotions. We're running away from our emotions. And that's pretty much a go-to activity for everybody when they hit pain in their marriage. But our therapist taught us, um, our Christian counselor taught us that pain is not a problem. It's a gift from God. And when we feel an emotional pain, it's a message from our spirit saying something here needs attention. Um, Grief tells us that we need to slow down because we're not at our best when we're grieving. Uh, Stress tells us you need to do less because you're doing too much. You're doing more than you were created to do and you're spinning out of control. So emotions are always good messengers, even the negative ones. And when our marriages are feeling that, The temptation is to turn it off. But here's the problem, especially when it comes to things like pornography. Um, Emotional intimacy is the medicine that your husband needs to overcome that. Because Mm -hmm. generally, obviously, there's like curiosity at the beginning of looking at pornography. Most men will say they saw it when they were 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, very young. But The reason they keep looking isn't curiosity. The reason they keep looking is because it medicated something that hurt. They liked Mm. how that felt. And they're in a constant cycle now of medicating and shame, medicating and shame. And then the shame makes them want to medicate more. And that pushes them into isolation and loneliness. And the greatest medicine you can give a man who's in that cycle is emotional intimacy because that's the medicine he needs to jump out of that and have the courage to stop the cycle. So when my heart hurt, my counselor said, I know your heart hurts hearing what your husband's telling you, but you got to press into that pain and tell him how it hurts. And you've got to do it in a way that's controlled and measured and mature. And he might not hear it or feel it at first because his heart is hard. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that it's hard heartedness that leads to all kinds of greed and sexual sin. Mm. So your husband's heart is hard. Don't let yours get hard. You're hearing the voice of Dana Gresh. And Dana, as we're wrapping up our time here together, I have two questions I kind of want to sandwich together um, and just to see If we could do that, first of all, what is your greatest hope for somebody who actually gets this resource into their hands? And then I I can't wait to know, how are things going in your marriage as well? Could you address those real quick? Yeah. Well, Bob and I hope, and he was really the one, we spoke about this at a Revive Our Hearts conference in 2017 for the first time. And women lined up for three hours to talk to mostly him. They wanted hope. They wanted to know how do I talk to my husband about this? And he looked at me and he said, we're going to have to tell this story. And um, 
our hope is that we can equip those couples with biblical tools and clinical understanding so that we can shorten the length of time between the disclosure and what we call redemption, not recovery, but redemption. And we are living redeemed. We are completely crazy in love with each other. You can live happily even after, um, through redemption, through Christ. It's only possible through him. Don't believe the lie that you can read a book on clinical understanding it without Jesus at the heart of it, there's no redemption for sin. He's, this is a sin problem and he's the only one capable of helping you recover from a sin problem. Um, reach out to Jesus and reach out to Christian brothers and sisters in Christ who will walk with you. Bob and I have the best community in the whole wide world because we leaned on them and we found the treasure that they were through the hardest time in our marriage. Amen. I love that. I love that he already talked to his group and that he was willing to be an accountability to them. And they were praying for him as he came to you. So important. Thank you so much, Dana, for sharing. And uh, the book is, again, Happily Even After.